This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now, happy hump day, everybody, and welcome to the Best month so far this year. <laughs> We're going to make it so. <laughs> if we say it, does it make it so? It should. Sure. Definitely should. Uh, before we get too far into this, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about politics, we're going to talk a little bit about food, we're going to talk a little bit about a lot of different things, but let's throw in some sports. What the hell is Kyle Dubas doing? He has gone off. He is trading every loose end on that team and shoring up some pretty good talent. What do they call it? The fight or flight? I feel like that's what it is right now for him <laughs> because I think he knows damn well if, if shit can't happen this season, he's probably gone. So if you knew that your job life was hanging in the balance, if you didn't get shit done, then you would probably pull out all the stops too. Now, are these good stops or bad stops? Now, that's what you could discuss, you know, with fellow Leafs fans all day. You could say that they're good moves, bad moves, risky moves. Um, certainly, any move can be a risky move. I, I'm i curious to see what happens. But that's really for me when I see all of these. Uh, and, and this could happen. By the way, this, uh, by the time you hear this podcast, there could be another trade. Yeah. So whatever happens, we'll see. But he needs something to become good out of this or he's done. Yeah. Like, I I think we all know that. I think so, too. And it bothers me because I think he's probably the smartest one in the room. I think at all Mm -hmm. times, Kyle Dubas is the smartest one in the room. He understands the cap. He understands the formula. He he gets analytics. I just think he's an all-round brilliant general manager. But because the Leafs can't seem to make it out of the first round, Mm -hmm. somebody's going to have to go if it doesn't happen this year and... All indications are it's going to be, again, Tampa Bay in the first round. There's two teams we don't want to play, Tampa Bay and Boston. Yeah. And we're probably going to have to play both of them to get to the cup. I hate the way that works, by the way. Um, I wish we could just, like, blow that whole system up and redo it, just in terms of playoffs. I kind of wish they'd move us to the West just for one season because we'd kick everybody's ass and guaranteed go to the cup. Well, remember during COVID, it was like Canadian teams basically all in one. It was so ridiculous. But, you know, why can't we blow it up and change it up a little bit? I don't know. The uh, the new players, I mean, we already had Ryan O'Reilly from St. Louis. I thought that was great. We picked up Sam Lafferty and Jake McCabe. Great. Now we've got Eric Gustafson from the Capitals, Luke Shen from Vancouver. We got rid of Rasmus Sandin and... Uh, uh, Pierre Engvall is gone to the Islanders. Uh, with Engvall and Sundin, I feel like they're good players that are going to be great on the teams they're going to. It's just you don't really get a lot of breathing room when you're playing behind Austin Matthews, John Tavares, uh, Mitch Marner, uh-huh. and William Nylander. Of course, they're going to remain the stars of the show. Yeah. I think everybody knows that for sure. But just being on a team, you you need that. Sometimes that does happen, and you need to be okay with it, though. There's going to be stars. As long as you're on the winning team, that's all that should really matter. All that should Because it is a team. Um, are they, sorry, are they playing tonight? I promise I do pay attention to you during the news. Is they're, it tonight? They're playing tonight? Edmonton tonight. It is Edmonton. Okay. And then they get Calgary tomorrow. Yeah. And then okay. it's the trade deadline Friday at 3 p.m. Uh, one more thing on sports. Baseball's a tough one for me because I really, really want to like baseball. It's just I'm a little bitter about the Jays. I don't know why we're still doing spring training. 
you know, baseball and basketball, they have it down pat. They play like two or three tune-up games, and they don't really give a shit about those games. They're just sort of to get people back in up to game speed. Why do the Jays play basically a whole season before they play the longest season in sports? It's stupid. Yesterday, they had a split squad game. Half the team's in one place playing Pittsburgh. The other half was in another yeah. place playing Detroit. And I'm thinking, this is fucking dumb. Why? Have the whole team together. And by the way, you knew on New Year's Day who was going to make the team and who was going to get cut. All this, oh, the prospects are trying out. Fuck them. They can play somewhere else. We should do two or three games at the Dome and then carry on. We don't need to do this shit in Florida for, what, 30 games or whatever it is. There's no point. Well, from what I hear, it's a, it's mainly a spectator thing. It's to get people amped up and people, obviously, we know the warm weather's in Florida. That's why they play there, duh. But it's also just like to get people excited about it. Um, to get excited for the season. But I think they're the only league that does something like that, right? Yeah. They're really the only one. The NFL, they play two preseason games, like usually one home and one away, if they can make that work, depending on what climate they're in. And uh, that's it. We get into the season. I don't understand why the Jays play a whole season before they play a whole season. I love the conversation of, since we're on with sports, look at us go with sports. We don't often do sports. So if you don't like it, just, just hang on. Just we're auditioning bear, bear in case there's us, a though. sports station well, that needs an overnight <laughs> show. We have a couple of small time slots available during the day. They're very, just a couple though. We're available from 11 till 2 p.m. <laughs> if there's any sports stations that want to hire us. But on the note of sports, I love hearing people talking about what sport is the toughest one to be involved in. What is the toughest sport to play? And I'm not just talking about the physical aspects of the sport. I'm talking about the season, the amount of games that you play. Because I love hearing those arguments from people who say, you know, baseball, oh, there's too many games, very stressful. But then you look at what they do. And some of the time, it's a pretty fucking great gig. They're out in the sunshine. Sometimes they're just chilling at the bench. Sometimes they never even touch the ball. They never, and they make money. More than it. any other sport. More than a lot of other sports. And then some people would argue, well, it's football. They only play like a game a week. Yeah, but the fucking head injuries. I mean, they're they're quite concussed sometimes in some <laughs> cases. Health-wise, it's probably not the best one, but my God, it can be lucrative if you're good. But I, I So I love hearing like that. Let's talk about what sport is better to actually be a player in. And, and baseball is one of those ones that always gets brought up because some people love it for those reasons because they play so many fucking games. Some people hate it for those reasons that they play too many games. Yeah, I'm, I do think the baseball schedule is too long. It's too drawn out. The three-game series thing, fine. But baseball is one of those sports where you can play two games in one day and it's not any more or less physically challenging. If you're going to, we don't do, need to do a three-game series over three or four days. You can play two games in one day and fucking move on. Go to the next city. Let's get it over with. Unless you're on an extra innings, then it can be a real annoying oh time. Oh, my God, I know. They, they put when a baseball rules. game goes to extra innings, I it's, want to consider yeah. my options in life. Honestly, I've been there before where it was a playoff game, though, but they went into extra innings, and that was the only time I stayed. Uh, if I was there extra innings and it wasn't a playoff game, nah, I'm out. Like, I'm not even, I'm not sticking around. I'll listen to the radio on the way home. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> Let's do a little food news. I like this because it's a different way of ranking who the best and worst are in fast food. It's an app called Tier Maker, and you can rank things from best to worst by giving them letter grades. And they've just released the current overall results of their fast food study. Over 2,000 people participated, and the grades are, just like they go in school, from A to F. Here's the fast food restaurants, and some of these are American, that got an A. You ready? Ready. Chick-fil-A, 
Okay. People Ma- people do like Chick Fil A. Have you had it yet? No, I haven't had it. You know what they? I heard they have though too. They have the like chicken breasts, like pieces or something like that. They're chicken nuggets. You can get them non bread. Yeah, yeah. I heard about that. Uh-huh. I like the, I like a good variety on a menu. When you can kind of be a little more inclusive, I'm in. So Chick Fil A, McDonald's, Wendy's, Five Guys, Popeyes, Taco Bell, and Domino's all got an A. Taco Bell. Taco Bell, too, huh? Uh-huh. Wow. Taco Bell gets an A. Wow. Taco Bell, probably just because it's so fucking cheap. Their breakfast menu is better than their daytime menu. Yeah, I said it. Mm. And we don't even have breakfast here. It's great in say, America. do we? Oh, it is? <laughs> is it? Okay. Getting a B. Subway. Chipotle. KFC. Dairy Queen. Pizza Hut. Burger King. Panda Express. Papa John's. Little Caesars. And Sonic. All right, I don't know that I'd be as generous as giving Subway a B. I don't know if I'd give Dairy Queen a B for anything other than their ice cream, but fine, this is how people feel. Panera Bread, Arby's, Denny's, Carl's Jr., and Jimmy John's all got a C. Right ahead of Shake Shack, Jack in the Box, and White Castle. I don't think so. Shake Shack is legit, Kat. I know you've probably never been there either. I but haven't. I haven't been to most of these places. <laughs> Shake Shack, even White Castle. There's a, a lot of White Castles in the States, and I feel like it's good value. Where else are you going to get 12 sliders for $6? It's great. I think it's good. I don't know how they only got a D. Here's the restaurants that got an F. Quiznos. Quiznos. What's wrong with Quiznos? Where's the, where are all the Quiznoses? Quiznos is at. <laughs> where, a, where are they at? Did they all change to something else? Because I feel like we were swimming in Quiznoses for a while and then they were all yeah. gone all of a sudden. I agree. Are there, maybe there's a few that are like sprinkled in. Let us know if you know of a Quiznos. You can always DM us. Scott Fox on air on Instagram or uh, Voice of Cat if you want to. Let us know. Quiznos is good. A&W got an F and I don't understand Why? that at all. You know, they're they're raised uh, hormone-free and all that sort of shit. That means something. I actually really like A&W. The matzo burger, I think, is one of the best burgers out there. I mean, if this is a report card, I need to see details. You know what I mean? Like, you summarize why you gave them an F. Because A&W, for me, is one of the best chains. It's one of the best chains. They offer lettuce burgers for crying out loud. They're fantastic. Sparrow. You know that place that you see sometimes in food courts and almost always at the airport? The pizza place? Oh, okay. Yeah, they got an F. Why? Okay, again, why? I need to know why. I don't know. Why are these places getting Fs? Del Taco. Okay, again. How does Del Taco get an F, but Taco Bell gets an A? Because I feel like they're the exact same restaurant. Now, I will admit, Del Taco, if you find yourself in America, go there. Because picture a cheaper version of Taco Bell. Like, Del Taco is like the Taco Bell compared to the keg. It's shit, but it's good. The food is gross, but it's amazing. And I know I'm contradicting myself, but I just can't think of another way to describe it. (laughs) So it's so gross that it's good? Yeah. Like a greasy bag of fries? It's so gross that it's good kind of thing? Greasy bag of fries. The, The refried beans, I swear you could ball them up like a snowball and eat it like a meatball. It's just awful. It doesn't sound good at all. And it's not, but it is. (laughs) It's great. I still don't understand. Also getting an F was Long John Silver's. There used to be a Long John Silver's when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. It was on Hespler Road in Cambridge. And Long John Silver's is, 
Well, that's not, I mean, Long John Silver's makes Red Lobster look like a Michelin star restaurant. It is low rent seafood. Everything was cooked in the same batter and the same oil. And you, you really don't taste a whole lot of fish. But there was something about those hush puppies they've got on the menu. And, and for the locations that are still open, I'm sure the hush puppies are hugely popular. They were legit, cat. I mean, I can't think of many better and horrible food experiences at the same <laughs> this time. This is what I mean. Like, all of these things are just admittedly disgusting. <laughs> but people do go to them. That's the thing is a lot of these spots are popular. Now here, I don't know if we have any any of those in Canada. I, there has to be a Long John Silvers yeah. around here no, somewhere, it, I would I'll look think. it up. All right, keep going. I'll look it up. Okay. I'm going to tell you a couple uh, great criminal stories because some of these criminal masterminds, I feel like, deserve a little bit of recognition. Maybe there's a filmmaker or screenwriter that's listening to this episode. Hear these stories and see if you can make these into a movie for us because I think it'd be great. Monday, Louisiana. It was just outside of New Orleans. The cops pulled over an ice cream truck. Tammy's Ice Cream and Sweet Treats was the name of the truck, mm. and it was a converted school bus. She'd painted it blue and knocked out some of the windows so she could sell ice cream. It's owned by 42-year-old Tammy Morin, and she was driving the truck at the time. The cops pulled her over because the truck had an expired plate and no brake lights. Well, that's a problem, especially for a vehicle that makes frequent stops. It's an ice cream truck. Turns out that was the least of Tammy's worries because those sweet treats was actually crystal meth. <laughs> when they searched her freezer, they said they found a collection of melted ice cream and a bunch of meth. Thankfully, she says she wasn't selling it to kids, just adults. She's facing possession charges, and she had an outstanding warrant as well. She also got a ticket for the brake lights and the expired plate. Hey, um, how do people distinguish the difference between a regular ice cream truck and the one that's selling meth. How do you know which one of those ice cream trucks is selling drugs and which one is just selling ice cream? Look for the big blue school bus. I don't know. I, there must be like word on the street, and I mean that quite literally, that that's where it is. But how do you how do you, you pretend like you're getting ice cream when you do this too? Like I think. I think it's pretty obvious when you go to buy meth that you're probably not there to buy ice cream. I'll take the chocolate swirl meth in a, <laughs> in a cone, not a cup. A Mr. Methy? A, me <laughs> a meth puppy. <laughs> Throw a straw in it. Uh, believe it or not, I can do even better. This one is just, this one could be a movie and it could be a comedy. Guy in Ohio busted because he robbed a giant eagle grocery store. Stole $500 worth of stuff. So try and picture this shithead as I tell you the story. Okay. One guy was driving the car. This guy was in the passenger side. So the driver is the getaway driver. And when you're the getaway driver, when a crime is being committed, you've got one fucking job. Keep the car running. When the bad guy comes back and jumps in, you go. That's it. Maybe plan out your route in advance so you don't end up in a situation like these guys did. So the getaway driver... Drops the criminal off in front of the Giant Eagle supermarket. And he thought, well, he's going to be in there in the grocery store for a while. He's going to grab about 500 bucks worth of stuff. I've got some time to kill. <laughs> so he went across the parking lot to the gas station 
to get a car wash. What? While the guy's robbing the While the guy's place? robbing the grocery store, <laughs> the getaway driver goes to get a car wash. Man. And, and like all other car washes on a nice day, there was a lineup. So this guy is paid for his wash, and now he's stuck. He's got a car in front of him, and he's got a car behind him. Meanwhile, the shithead that went into Giant Eagle there to rob the place comes out the front door with a cart full of $500 worth of stolen shit. And he's like, what the hell? Where's my getaway driver? <laughs> the, the guy in line at the car wash flags him down. Hey, I'm over here. I'm in law. I just, I still have to punch in my code. <laughs> So <laughs> this asshole runs like full-blown sprints across the parking lot, pushing a shopping cart with $500 worth of groceries in it, loads it all into the car, ditches the cart, and then nothing because they're still stuck. They're stuck in line what? at the car wash. What? what the hell was he thinking? Great question. And I don't think he was. But the cops responded like they always do. The cops came, and the owner of the store was standing outside, and he said, yeah, the guys that robbed us, that's their car right over there, the car wash. So the cops, they didn't even light up the lights. No sirens, nothing. They just casually cruised over to the car wash and arrested both of them because they got stuck at a car wash. What the fuck? Oh, and as it turns out, one of them had an outstanding warrant. So there's an extra charge. You know, there should be like a robbing people 101 book or like one of the sections is just, I don't know, not do that. Hey, don't try to kill time while someone's robbing places. What an asshole, right? What an idiot. You're, you, by the way, as a getaway driver, you have one job. Yeah. Be ready to get away. Thank you. That's why they call you the getaway <laughs> not, driver. What was, how it happened? Like a bird shit on the windshield and you just couldn't deal? He's <laughs> just like, oh no, 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 I can't. I need to clean this at once. <laughs> okay, one more. And this one, cat has some certain sensitivities to it. Okay, I'll be careful. No, I mean it. You be careful. Okay, we, don't, we, we, we don't fuck with bikers and we don't fuck with the mob. Oh, God. <laughs> so here we go. On Friday, a 40-year-old boss from the Sacra Corona United Mafia escaped from a maximum security prison in Sardinia using a, this is amazing, We've all seen the movies about prison breaks. Mm -hmm. We've seen the TV shows about breaking out of prison. And I feel like this one is the OG method. He had a makeshift rope made out of knotted bed sheets. <laughs> that happened? I thought that only happened in like the movies from the 40s. Yeah, but like back in the day movies, like not even now. Like now you've got all kinds of like the drones coming by and shit like that and dropping off parts you need to escape. No. Straight up bed sheets. This guy just tied a whole bunch of sheets together, threw them out the window, <laughs> threw himself out the window, and just shimmied down to the ground. Holy shit. Now, I don't know if it was a miscalculation on how big the wall was or a lack of bed sheets in that particular maximum security prison, but he did have a bit of a fall at the end. It was kind of a long drop, but I'm going to guess that he's okay because he got up and just walked away right into the city right away from the prison. So, prison officials didn't notice this guy was gone for two hours. Oh, wow. They say there are massive staff shortages, and no one noticed that this guy was gone until they happened to do a bed check. Now they've got 
hundreds of cops and soldiers deployed to Sardinia to assist in the search for this escaped alleged mafia. Well, I'm glad you said that. Boss. Thank you. Alleged. Hey, we're not assuming anything. Yeah. I wasn't there. I didn't see shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rajuano is his name was serving an 18-year sentence for cocaine trafficking. That seems outrageous. 18 years for selling cocaine? That's Come a whole on. adult. It's legal in British Columbia. <laughs> well, sorry, it's legal in British Columbia. I'll <laughs> say it a different way. Anyway, uh, so he he was in jail and oh, also charged with attempt, no, charged with an actual murder. Again, there's two sides to every story, and I'm not one to make judge to to judge no, or, or cast no. judgment on anyone. I you know, I wasn't even there. I, I don't know what happened, and frankly, I'm a little uncomfortable even talking about the topic. I'm wondering. I'm wondering. <laughs> I'm wondering about the sheets. So short staffed. That's a problem, by the way. If you're short staffed in a prison, damn, that's not a good look. No, that sucks. But wh- how do you get all those sheets? Who do you take the sheets from? Do you think he works in like the laundry area? Now, I watch a lot of prison shows. Uh-huh. So I know that there's like work times, you know, and like you're you're working in the laundry room today. Oh, yeah, shit. Was he working laundry room? He stole some sheets. How did he hide the sheets? Did he just like talk to every man on his floor and be like, yo, give me your sheets? They're like, whatever you need, man. Take my, <laughs> take my bed too. I'll help you. Well, clearly this person is a businessman, first and foremost. Oh, a businessman, yeah. Maybe he made some sort of a deal to procure these sheets, and uh, that's where I'm going to leave it. Okay. I don't yeah, know where yeah, he got yeah, the yeah. fucking oh, sheets, no. and frankly, I don't care. None of my business. Uh, hopefully he's, uh, you know, healthy and, uh, and and safe. I would imagine there's <laughs> not a chance they're going to find this guy. I don't think not so. Not a chance are they going to find him. No. They're probably lucky to catch him the first time. Second time, I don't even think he's in the country anymore. He is probably long fled. He could be here right now having crossed at Roxham Road yeah, and nobody fucking noticed. Yeah, there it is. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Yesterday, the uh, there was a group of U.S. politicians, and they're all from the northern states, the ones that are on our southern border. And it's funny because a couple of things are going on here. In the U.S., they have got a, an immigration crisis happening. There are so many people, thousands a day, that are flooding over the border into America. That's why they started building the wall to try and keep people out and force them to cross at specific border crossings, the legal ones, not the illegal way. Nobody really talks about reverse immigrate, or sorry, it would, would it be migration, immigration, refugee claims? I'm not even sure know. how to say it. So while everybody is focused on the U.S. southern border, and we here in Canada are focused on the sheer volume of people that are crossing into Canada at Roxham Road, because we don't know who these people are, 
We don't know if they have an actual valid refugee claim, but it's going to take a couple of years to vet them. And in the meantime, we're going to pay for absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. There's, I was listening to an interview yesterday with the mayor of Niagara Falls. They've got over 2,000 refugees that just got bussed from Quebec yeah, that's to right. the falls. And he said, so part of the problem here is it takes up a lot of our resources. It really does. And it's taking up spots in our schools and yeah. things. And he said, we're not complaining, but we need a little help from the feds. We need to know what the plan is. And we need a little bit of money here to support this. And a rough timeline would be good, I'm sure. He also pointed out, though, that that's going to cost all of us a lot more money. In addition to supporting all these refugees, if you want a hotel room in Niagara, I guess they've got thousands of rooms. But when 2,000 of them so far are taken up with refugees, that that means there's less rooms available. And when there's less rooms available, just like in peak season, the price of rooms goes up. So don't be surprised if you can't afford a room in the falls this year. It's kind of a weird place to stick them too, isn't it? Like, hey, welcome to Canada. We're going to send you to one of the most scenic places we have. Here you go. Yeah. Enjoy one of the wonders of the world. L- here you are. People pay a lot of money to come to Canada to go and see yeah. the falls. We're bussing them there because we don't want them anywhere else. Why there exactly? I mean, again, it, it, the border town thing is an interesting. It's interesting anyway. Well, the thing that I thought was interesting about yesterday's news conference from these U.S. lawmakers is they were not holding a news conference to complain about the amount of people coming into the states from Mexico. They were talking about the amount of people coming into the states from Canada. And they pointed out in Canada, if you're from Mexico... You don't need a visa to enter the country. So he said, regular people are figuring this out. And then, of course, the human smugglers are figuring it out, too. And they're charging people a lot of money. They'll fly them to Canada. And then these people just walk across the northern border. And while all the border agents and and all the security is down at the southern border, nobody's watching the northern border. They said there's human trafficking and drugs and God knows what else flooding into America. So now we look like the assholes for not protecting the border. Hmm. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, it does go both ways. It's not just people crossing into Canada. It's people crossing from Canada into the U.S. Messed up. Google is about to get called in front of the House of Commons committee to explain why they're blocking Canadians from seeing certain news. Google says this is a short-lived test in response to the Liberal government's Online News Act. That bill would require Google and other digital giants like Facebook, Twitter, and the likes of those to pay Canadian media companies to link to their content. Am I crazy or is this completely ass backwards? As a member Mm -hmm. of the Canadian media, I can tell you, they really want hits. They really want people to see the content. And the more clicks they get, the more revenue they generate. That's how it works with the digital divisions of Canadian news. So now somebody came up with the idea that, well, fuck it. Just charge Google because they're posting your content. Not really. They're linking to your content. They're not posting it as if it's their own. That's an easy way, using Google, for people to see this news content. That's one of the main ways that people see news content is Googling it. And social media, right? Yeah. News article on Facebook. So they want Facebook to pay, like, CTV. Because Facebook, somebody on Facebook, linked to a CTV article. You know, it's so messed up because... we, we have to be clear on what's happening because this can be, you can use this exact example in other ways. For example, you know, you have social media platforms and guess what? There's free content creators on there for them. You're creating content for Instagram that's bringing in revenue. 
anyone who has an account could be bringing in revenue. So those content creators, I mean, it kind of works similarly in that they're not getting revenue for that, even though people are doing it for them. It's kind of like a similar argument anyway. But you have to be clear on what it is. Like for me, no, like that's where we go to do things. That's the platform. That's what they choose to do. And I don't under, I just don't understand it. I don't understand it either. I don't understand why they're so hellbent on interfering with the media and the internet. I just don't understand why they're so hellbent on censoring shit and on rejigging the way it works. Last I heard, I don't think anybody here was pounding down Google's door saying, listen here, fuckers, if you're going to link to our content, we want money for it. I don't even know who invented this idea, but it seems completely bizarre. Yeah. It's kind of like yesterday when we were talking about this government ban on TikTok. I'm actually proud so far that the Ontario government has resisted calls to do it. Stop fucking around. The horses are out of the barn. There's no reason now to block it because if they were harvesting any information, the da the damage is already done. Now you're just pissing people off and telling them they can't do shit they want to do. It also got pointed out to me, a DM from a school principal yesterday. If they're going to start blocking TikTok from our phones, that's going to cause a problem because that's one of the things that we have to use to figure out what kids are up to, to investigate mm -hmm. certain incidents. Police need to use it regularly because that's how they surveil some of the shitheads that you hear about in the news. It's where it's where we get our news. Like, like it or not, TikTok is where a lot of people, especially young people for sure, of a certain demographic, get their news. We need to make sure that the proper sources are feeding those TikTok accounts like the police. Like our friend Carrie Schmidt at the OPP, for example, who's on there and has many a young follower and that's where they get their information from. As long as we have those legit people behind the accounts, I mean, we need that. You erase them and it kind of it can kind of lead to, I don't know, more misinformation from accounts that aren't official via government of any kind, like you mentioned, whether it's in school or whether it's police. I also think it's kind of naive to assume that TikTok is the only culprit here. All of those social media yeah. platforms come with a pretty sketchy terms of use. You have to agree yeah. to a lot of shit to use just about any of those platforms. Yep. Whether it's based out of China, based out of Canada, based out of America or somewhere else, mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter. If you protect your shit, you're fine. Careful what you give up to anybody online. Yeah. But if you're willing to accept those risks, I think it's stupid that we're banning TikTok on government phones when there are some people who legitimately need to use it. I also think compliance is going to be at an all-time low. I think a lot of people are going to say, fuck you. I'm keeping it. And you know what? If you don't like it, then give me a phone allowance and I'll just get my own phone and do what I want with it. I think that's the way this is going to go. Uh, two more things. Yesterday, Pearson announced... We're tired of being the shittiest airport in the world. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? We okay. don't want that reputation anymore, so we've come up with a solution. Okay. It's a hard limit on how many planes are allowed to take off and land during any given hour during peak travel times, like March break and the busy summer travel season. So right now, you could have maybe one or two, maybe even three planes land at the same time, and, and you could probably do them like one or two a minute. Mm -hmm. It's crazy how frequently planes are landing and taking off. Okay, no problem. Fine. They're going to cap that, and they won't say how many they're capping it at. But when you allow less flights to take off, maybe that'll allow you assholes to keep up with the baggage. Maybe you won't be the worst airport in the world anymore. But it's also going to send the cost of flights through the roof. Less flights, less competition means higher prices. Why would this be the go-to solution as opposed to just hiring people? 
How did everything work just fine before the pandemic? And then you guys fired a whole bunch of fucking people over their yeah. vax status and nothing has gotten back to the way it was since. Whether it's in healthcare, whether it's at the airport, whether it's on transit, all these things are screwed up apparently because of staff shortages. Those staff shortages have only been since COVID and not every one of your employees died. Maybe hire some people back. That's, by the way, that I mean, that's not the solution to all their problems because they have many problems, by the way, Pearson. Could that help with long lineups at those peak times? Maybe. But it's not going to keep people away from traveling in that time of year, which means it'll probably just extend over days. You know what I mean? Instead of the one peak day. Let's say that the, what do you think the peak day would be for March break? Maybe the the Saturday? The Friday or, or the, the Saturday Friday? or the Sunday. So what are those? So, Most so people would do a week, I think. I, I think so as well. So how do you possibly spread it out even more? You're, you're just going to make that, you're just going to drive the price up. Is basically what I'm trying to say. You're going to drive the price up because those flights are limited at Pearson. So what's that going to do? Make everything a little more expensive if you do want those peak planes. That Because guess what? There's limited amounts. Or you could leave on Tuesday and shorten your vacation and you're going to spend less. That's what they're going to do. They're making it harder for families to even be able to afford to fly at those peak times. Oh, it's crazy. It's going to make Kat. it worse in that way. So you know what I mean? Like, be careful what you wish for because just because you're making it good in one area and some people might see that and go, okay, okay, that's good. Less lineup for the family. Yeah, but it's also going to cost you guys probably an extra like 500 bucks. Yeah, having less planes land and take off is basically the opposite of what we should be doing. We should be growing. We should be expanding, and, not and, contracting. And away from there. And away from there because the other issue is everything to do with that freaking area. Driving around that area is a pain in the ass. When you get off a plane, the, oh, the arrival section, just fucking shoot me. It's terrible. Yep. So, especially at those peak times. At any given time, it can be bad. At those peak times, it's so bad. Expand elsewhere. Make more airports away from there. Can we please get some Air Canada flights into Hamilton and Kitchener? Can we that please too. Can yep. we please build another airport? Either I, I'm going to recommend uh, in the York region, central Ontario yeah. area, like Barrie or Aurelia, sure. could absolutely use an international airport. And I'm also thinking Durham region, somewhere between Whitby, Oshawa, Ajax, and Pickering, somewhere in there, maybe a little closer to the Kawarthas. We could have an international airport there oh, too. Do you know what money that would be if they made it close to the Kawarthas in the summertime? Oh, shit. You would help the roads so much because they're a gong show. Absolutely. I totally agree. That'd be amazing. And, and I know that some airlines are flirting with that commuter shuttle service that'll take you from Toronto up to the uh, up to cottage country so you can go to uh, Gravenhurst yeah. and shit like that uh, okay but if we had a bigger airport that would make that a lot easier and also that airport isn't really convenient for mm -hmm. the vast majority of cottage country because then you need to have a car at the airport or you're gonna have like a $90 uber ride to get to your cottage honestly it's not practical you're busting a bunch of people with luggage and all the other shit that you have to bring camping gear and God knows what that sounds terrible Last thing, and it's just, I'm just going to read you the story. No commentary, because I think most people have figured out what's going on here. Okay. Yesterday, a report that reviewed the work of the panel tasked with communicating with Canadians about election interference in 2021 was released. The assessment says the critical election incident public protocol. Jesus, that's a long name. Oh. They say it worked well. The former civil servant, Morris Rosenberg, says in the assessment that the panel did find there were attempts at foreign interference by the Chinese on our elections. Fact. This is the report that says there was interference in the last election by the Chinese government. But they say it did not meet the threshold 
to announce it to Canadians in advance. Any interference we should be told about in advance. And they also only looked at the period of the actual election, nothing during it. And just during the election period, they found interference. But they say it did not change the outcome of the result. Or that did not change the outcome result. Uh, Again, the person who did this is the former head of the Trudeau Foundation. So a lot of people are saying it's not really objective anyway. But we'll assume he's being objective. We'll assume that they've done the hard work. Now we need a public inquiry. And the prime minister is squirming. His own party members are coming out saying we need a public inquiry. All of the liberal media in Canada saying we need a public inquiry. He's the only one who's not allowing it. So we're going to wait and see where that goes. And I'm going to put money on it. We're going to have a public inquiry. It's just a matter of how long they want to drag this out before we get to it. But yes, that's the headline. There was interference in the last federal election. Have yourselves a great day, everybody. We will see you tomorrow with another episode of After 9. Bye, friends. Wendy's is going to start selling their chili in a can at grocery store. It's perfect if you've always thought the chili at Wendy's was too fresh. (laughs) The CDC issued a warning identifying a diarrhea superbug. It's called Shigella, which I thought was a Jewish holiday. I mean... You coming for Shigella? No. But it's not. Shigella is one of the most common sources of diarrhea in the world, just after Chipotle. Uh, so, Authorities in Minnesota recently arrested a man on suspicion of drunk driving after he allegedly fell asleep in an Arby's drive-thru. It's the rare occasion where drunk driving may have saved someone's life.